Hello and welcome to another Jersey Football Chat episode. Uh, today, myself and Cass are joined by St Paul's manager Andy Shepherd. Uh, how are you all doing? Are we all well? Yeah, very well, mate. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, not too bad myself. Cass, you good? Yeah, I'm good, Dan. Yeah, all right, Andy. How's things? Yeah, good, mate. Good. Just uh, keep me out of trouble. I can. Yeah, absolutely. Um, first things first, Andy. Um, tell us about your footballing background growing up. Did you play, and who do you support further afield away from Jersey as well? Um, I, I played sort of from all the way through from being a kid. Um, up until I, 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 I kind of finished at 31 because I, I did my ACL, um, although it didn't get diagnosed for about five years. Um, so it was a kind of ongoing problem without knowing what it was. Um, I started off like a lot of people playing boys club football in Scotland. Um, spent a bit of time as a schoolboy with Hibs and, and about there was, being honest, was miles off it, nowhere near good enough to go beyond where I did. Um, but spent a bit of time there. And then from after then, I joined the army, played a bit of football in the army, and then a, a bit outside as well, played a couple of clubs in around Edinburgh, and then moved to Jersey about six years ago. But yeah, for the last 10 years, very, very sporadic. The last 10 years ago was probably the last time I played seriously, and I've had sporadic games since then, but the, the knee just doesn't take it. Uh, how how was that experience at Hibs for you? Um, it's very different to what it's like now. If I look at the centre of excellence and stuff, um, it was all around discipline. Everything was around. There were really, really, really high standards. It was, it was great, but really high standards, really strict on you. Um, it was almost like from uh, 14 years old, they were preparing you for what it'd be like if you were going to make it. And that you're not there to have fun, you're there to play because it's, it's almost like it's your job. And that, and that was very much how it was drilled into you. Um, it wasn't about having fun, it was about not even as much about your development as a player. It's, this is how we're going to play and this is how you're going to fit into that style. So that's what we're going to work on with you and that's what we're going to develop. Um, but like, like I say, it, was, it, it sounds really harsh, but it was, it was fantastic. I absolutely loved it. Um, and, but like I say, completely different to what you see now. Sure. Sure. Andy, things have changed massively since then. What was that, about 45 years ago you were at Hibs? <laughs> Something like that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was fighting with the famous five for a spot. Seems that long. Yeah, I think the old school way of do, doing things then and now, um, still a lot of similar values, but um, yeah, maybe the behaviours are a lot different nowadays. Well, there was no such thing as safeguarding back then. Um, some of the stuff they got up to was unbelievable, but... Um, probably not for this <laughs> podcast. No, we'll leave that for the later show, I think. What was it like? You mentioned in the army there. That must have been interesting. Did you travel around many places or many countries playing for the army? Um, really only around the UK and Germany. Um, and it was only for a couple of years. Uh, prior to 9-11, um, there was lots of focus on it. And um, pretty much from when I joined, I, mean, I, I played at the, at the point I played for army, youth army under 21. Um, and that was great. I mean, really physical. Um, every, I mean, you, you'll have seen when you've played the army with the, the jersey side. The one thing they're not lacking is fitness. They'll 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 run all day, and it was it was all 
probably more so focused on the physical side again than the technical side. Um, but yeah, you, you, you kind of played in and around your, your main job. After 9-11, the whole tempo of operations and everything changed. It, was just, it just fell away. It was on the backbone. Unless you were one of the elite players that were playing either for the Army or the Combined Services, then you didn't really get a lot of time. There was no nothing given, no, no leeway or time given for you to go and do it. And even, even the, the sort of top players there, even they struggled as well. But the time we had it, it was great. Sounds really yeah. good. So you were, we're talking to a football man and an ex-army man. <laughs> yeah. Not to be Westmouth by the sounds of it, Dan. Big, big respect. Do you, do you yeah. take do you take what you learned in the army into the management now as well? I mean, honestly, kind of take it into life. When I was a, I was a boy when I joined the army, and the, um, when you went into basic training back then, they basically broke you down to virtually nothing and re- rebuilt you and moulded you into what they were looking for. So a lot of the things just, uh, it's not, and it's not conscious. A lot of things I do, if I look back and reflect on attitudes towards things, the way I go about things, everything kind of goes back to how how you were shaped in. And I'll, I'll be honest, actually, going younger as well through the football side as a, as a schoolboy, again, that discipline that gets sort of drilled into you, that really shapes everything that you do. Sure. Good stuff. So Andy, moving, uh, moving along, um, St Paul's manager now, uh, you've been at the club a few years, helped with different junior teams, but how, how big a decision was it for you to take the St Paul's manager's job when it came along at the start of the season? Um, it, was a, it was a no-brainer, to be honest. I mean, I'd been involved with the first team for, I think that's my fourth season involved with the first team. Um, and... The, the, the past couple of years when Stuart had decided to focus on playing and Tony came in um, from to- the end of the season the way last season finished with Tony and then Tony's work commitments meant that he couldn't fully commit to doing it um, the, the committee asked me if I wanted to take it on and sort of been there for the few years that I had and, and being honest there wasn't a few people banging the door down for the job so um from my point of view, it was a, it was a no-brainer to, to, to keep things going, keep some continuity um, and, and build things because the, the whole club, or certainly senior level of the club, was in a period of transition. So we wanted to try and keep as much as much continuity as possible. Yeah, good. Yeah. And have you, are you enjoying the role? Have you enjoyed it? I mean, the start of the season was... Um, it must have been challenging because you, you did start the season um, with a, a very young squad. Um, and then how how did you manage to keep everything together and keep a happy dressing room there? Um, well, we we had a, you're right. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of junior players coming in, but um, a good few of them already had a season's worth under their belt of being in and around the first team. And the bottom line is they're all good players as well. And that was the the, the the great thing. You can focus on the fact that you can focus on their age, the fact, the fact that they're young and they don't have a, a lot of experience, but they're proper players. Um, you then bring in the likes of Stuart Andre and Jack Cannon, um, Mikey Weir. Um, their influence and the, the standards they set are really important, uh, and the, the, the younger lads have really bought into that. So I, I really enjoyed it. And I said, I know we had a discussion in the summer when we talked about potentially looking at bringing other players in. I'd said, right from the start, if we go with what we've got, I'm happy with that because I, I, I do firmly believe that they're good enough to, to be competitive in the league. 
Um, the one thing you do get with young players is you, you tend to get a bit of inconsistency, but purely and ability-wise, more than happy with that. And um, my biggest belief is you want to be a really good coach, get really good players, and that's what I've got there. So I'm really happy. Just one thing you mentioned there, and I thought I'd call it out really. But Stuart Andre, how, how good and how big a player and how important a player is he for St Paul's? Um, and what he's done for you as the manager this year, how, how important is he for what he does for you? Um, there, there's, there's, there's some, just, just what he brings in the pitch. I mean, you've got, he's played next to Sammy Sutcliffe at centre-half for most of the season. Dan Burton's been in there as well. And they've both done really well. But Stuart, Stuart makes the game a lot easier for them. He just talks them through it. He's, his natural positional sense, his natural leadership abilities. Um, he's just such a good player. Um, and everything character-wise, he's, he's just a great leader, a great example for, for those boys to follow. And, and it's, it's not just Stuart as well. I mean, the, the other one, um, uh, Cannon in there has been, has been brilliant. He's a, a proper, proper leader. Um, and the, the, the boys all look up to him and all follow him. I'm sure Jack will be happy with that. Yeah, he will. Obviously, it's gone very well for you guys this season so far. You're top at Christmas. Um, how pleased are you with that? Uh, especially with the mix of youth and experience that you have in the team and the transition period that you're probably just about coming out and into uh, getting a fixed starting lineup with those mix of ages as well. Um, yeah, I'm de delighted. I mean, the, the one thing that, that never changes, certainly from my time at St Paul's, is players might change and coaches might change and the circumstances of the league might change. But the one thing that doesn't change is the to win games, that's the, that's the focus. So, um, first half of the season, if you if you'd offered us back in August to say right, we'll break up for Christmas, you'll be top of the league. We'd just snatch a hand off of that, um, and we'll focus. We are very conscious, though, that we've we've got a lot of really tough games into next year. We've got the majority of our games are away from home, um, and we're going to have to face challenges every week. I think one of the really good things with this season. Um, in general for the league is I think teams are a lot closer together. Every team's really fit, every team's competitive. There's there's a couple maybe that are struggling, but other teams and you look at Groove Hill this year, um, going from where they were last year, they've taken points at home against St Warren, they've taken points off Wanderers at their place as well. So we've got to be really wary when we go there. But it's not just them. Um, there's other teams in and around there who are going to cause us problems. So we need to make sure the attitude and the mentality is absolutely spot on when we go there. Yeah, good, good point. And Groove, Groove have been clever. They've signed some good players. They're building a decent little team there. And um, yeah, it's never a nice place. never a good place to go, Bilbo, and, and, and pick up points. It's always a challenge there. But yeah, Groove, Groove are definitely another team that have joined that pack, haven't they, in the recent months? They, they have, and it's just a, a good example. I mean, you've got them, you've got um, some Braille ads are, are competitive and taking points off people. Um, you, you can throw in St Peter's. They, they were on just before we stopped. They, they were on a really good run as well, starting to, to, to get it together. So um, it's not going to be plain sailing for anyone. And the big thing for me is if we want to be champions, we've got to go into the, the, the sort of deep end, in the, deep end of the season and win games when it counts. The last half dozen games of the season against teams that you might, actually before Christmas, you might be quite comfortably. They take on a totally different complexion those games and you have to go out if you want to be champions you've got to earn it and you earn it winning those games towards the end of the season for sure and back to the players um, you've mentioned a good few like Andre and Sammy Sutcliffe 
they've all impressed me. But when I've gone and watched uh, Luca as well, he's come back into the team and he's just going up and up. How how, how impressed have you been with him as well? Well, I mean, I, I, I'm on the record in the, in the poll. He's in the JP For me, he's the player of the year so far. He's He's been exceptional. Um, he just... He just drives forward. He's, he, he, he's one of these players. He gets you know when he gets the ball, he's going to get you thirty yards up the park. He just, he's, he's strong. He's powerful. He's, he's, fit, he's technically very good, um, and he's just adding to his game. He's getting more confident all the time, um, linking up better. He demands the ball constantly, um, which isn't always the right the right thing. But he, he just wants to take responsibility, and I think that's really important because I mean he's still only twenty two. Um, you get sometimes you see young players they don't have that that desire to take responsibility and make something happen. Well, Luke has got that in spades. And like I say, he's been absolutely superb this year. What's impressive, I know Luke personally as well, he went away from the game for a bit and then he's come back and he's got his love back as well, which for me is great to see. Yeah, good point. I think you're right there. He's um, young, got a big future ahead of him. And uh, the one thing I've noticed when I have watched Paul's play is his box-to-box running is phenomenal. I mean, he seems to just not non-stop running and he's got the quality to go with it. So, another good young player in the system. Yeah, and he, he definitely loves the game. I mean, if, if he had us, he'd be, be training every night. Um, he's he's always looking for guys to cut to the club with him and even half a dozen, get five other people. He says, well, God, we'll do possession. And he just, he just loves playing football. And it's great. He's so enthusiastic. For sure, for sure. He deserves his credit. Now that is good stuff, Andy. And um, just moving on then, um, halfway through the season, um, but I'm fortunate to have a little bit of a hold at the moment. But um, you've got Bulls players back in, everybody getting back, the potential of Jack Boyle back from injury soon. How, how, is, uh, how has that been for you to manage and handle and um, try and keep all the players happy and keep it you know with the balance of Bills players coming in good young players coming through how, how have you managed to handle that and how have the players reacted to that as well um, well it's, I'm not going to lie it's a, it's a headache it's a, it's a nice headache to have um, yeah I think the important thing is we need to be honest with players um, and players themselves need to recognise that if they, if they are playing then they need to perform because there's somebody there waiting to come in. Um, the, the Bulls players that, are, that have come back in have been fantastic for us. Um, not just on the pitch, where obviously they're, they're quality players and they're going to they're going to shine uh, when they're playing. But it's again, it's what they do in training. It's the the way that they train. It's the way that they demand standards. It's the tempo that they do everything at. Um, that's setting the example for those younger players. Now we know that actually I wouldn't be I'd be surprised if come start of January, middle of January, certainly by the end of January, I would expect the Bills to be playing again. Um, so there is a balancing act between keeping the other players happy. Um, but the big thing is honesty and making sure that if players are playing well, they stay in the team, um, regardless of who they are. Um, we need to have that. Andy, Andy, you mentioned there, Andy, you mentioned there about Bills players, but these guys you're talking about, Jay Giles, Trot, they've always had high standards. And, and you know, if you go back to the... Your older players, your Watsons and you know Cannons, when they were in the prime in terms of early twenties, they were hungry as hell, and that's probably what 
helps with Paul's win so many titles over the years. But, you know, so I think these guys, have they've always had that attitude. Do you see your young players coming in with that uh, must-win yeah. attitude? Have they, have they got a bit between the teeth? Uh, absolutely. You, you, you're starting to see that. The, it, it, it comes through training where everything's got to be done at high tempo. Um, and that's the young players that are looking for that as well. And I think just as they go, the more time they spend around these players, the more that they, they influence them. And I think one of the great examples is actually is Joe Kilshaw. Um, Joe's been in and around the first team for f- four or five years now, I think. Um, but he is now one of those leaders in that team. He's the one that's making those demands on those younger players. And he's, only tw- he's only 20. Um, but he's, he's there and he's a good example of somebody who's come through and growing up, if you like, with those senior players, they've rubbed off on him and now he's now fulfilling that role that they did with him. Um, but it's not just him. Harry Curtis has come back from university. He's one that's going to have high standards. Sam Maysfield's been in around for a good few years. Again, these are the ones that are, are, are making these demands. But the, the, the young boys, they know what it's about um, and they don't, they don't necessarily need somebody to be constantly saying to them about standards. They, they do that themselves. Um, but it's more so by it's leading by example from from all of them. Yeah, good stuff and yeah, big big squad of good players up there. And I think we've spoke to a few different teams and a few different managers, and they're all happy with what they've got as well. So I think it, we've we've said it a couple of times now that the league is shaping up. Um, four or five teams, you know, on a given day can beat anyone, and um, I don't think it's going to be a runaway. Do you do you feel that? When you get, you can pick it up as soon as the league games start again, and you'll get that consistency. Or do you think there's going to be a little bit of um, a little bit of work to do to get you back up and running again when the league games start? Um, I think the other way to look at that is that we don't really have a choice. We've we've got to be on it right away. We go away to St. Warren first game back, um, assuming it starts on the ninth, um, and then two weeks later we've we've got Wanderers to play. Um, those. Those are, are, are sort of season-defining games. We don't have a, we, if we have any aspirations and genuine aspirations of winning that title, then it's it, it's, it's not an option. We've got to be at it because um, we know they will. Um, so, the, but again, the players know that they, we they don't need Mark and I to to tell them things like that. They're fully aware of what's coming up in the fixture list and what these games mean, and they all want to play and they all want to win. Yeah, so so on that then, Andy, looking at it, you're talking about the league. Are you, how how's things looking cup wise? Are you still involved in the cups, or are you out of any? No, we're, st- we're still involved. So we've got um, I can't remember who we've gotten. We've got some one in the, the wee way. I think it is um, again that first couple of weeks of January. Um, we've got them, and then we've also got in the the JFA Cup. We've got first tower or someone else first tower and somebody else have got to play each other and we play the winners so, oh, that's um, good. so you're in plenty of cup games yeah, yeah we, which we, means more that. game time for more players if you can stay so the longer you stay in the competitions the more games you can offer to players but I mean if, if we're asking you today what, what's your view on it what, what's important to you all the trophies just the league or what, what's the mentality from you and the players they, they want to win everything um, we what we what we targeted certainly prior to the Bills starting, we always wanted to win all six. In the last two years before the Bills won, we we, we managed five, um, or five out of six. We can't win all six this year, but we want to make sure we we, we win everything. I know some there was a team a few years ago managed to 
luckily scrape by and get all six. But unfortunately, we can't do that this year. And how how good is it for St Paul's as well? They, like outside of looking in from uni, it seemed that you're you were dominating for a lot of the years. How good is it that there are clubs now pushing you and uh, going right up against you for these leagues and cups? Yeah, I mean, it's good. But I think even in the years where the before I got involved um, and then when I, the, the couple of years I had when everything was, was as it was and they were dominating, it might have only been two teams, but it was two teams that were both winning every game. So, um, and a few years ago, it was Scottish. And it literally came down to the head-to-head games between them, as to, between Scottish and St Paul's, as to who was going to win it. Um, the, 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 the more recent years with St Peter's, it really came down to who, who won those head-to-heads because the consistency that both teams showed. So it was always very competitive. And that, although there's more teams challenging, that doesn't change. If, if, if you're going to win the title, you've got to be consistent. You've got to take... There's more, I suppose there's more hard games. Um, I mean that in the, the, the fairest possible way. There's games where you've, you've really got to be at it and you've really got to earn the right to play your football and win that game. Um, but again, I, the one thing we always go back to... And, we're not alone in this. I'm sure every club talks about it. It just comes down to the attitude of the players, um, that desire to go and go out there and work hard, and let your then let your football take over. For sure, it does. Yeah, that's good. It's really good to hear that. Um, and it is important that it comes from the players to be self-motivated. Uh, but also, one thing I've heard this a few times now about top two, only two teams. But if you look at every league across the whole of Europe, even at the top level. Only, it's the top two. There's not very many leagues in the whole of Europe that you can say there's six or seven going. I mean, maybe this season's probably the only the only time that it's happened through circumstances. But you know, I don't think Jersey's is unique in its way where there's two strong teams and the rest of the teams are all fighting to to compete. It's the same across the board, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Yeah. I think if you look right the way through, going back. I mean, you, I don't know how long you want to go back. And I was reading something the other day about it. even in England, um, the, we've had if you take the, the size of the league there, you've you've generally only had at most four teams challenging for the genuinely challenging for the title, and that's that's rare. It was gen, generally two or three that that they have a real shout to win it. So yeah, I suppose that's a fair comment. It, it tends to be a couple. I think this year, yeah. um, going by the first half of the season, I think there's. Three of us that are right in amongst it with uh, another couple very close behind. Um, but it's, it's exciting. It's, it's good. And there's, there's certainly... Yeah, yeah it's good. Can only be a good thing for Jersey football. So, of course, uh, I think everyone's got to keep, keep, keep promoting it and, and talking about it in a positive way because there's a lot of great players out there doing their best. And, you know, good luck to everybody that was um, having a break at the moment. But when they get started back up... And then back up in Scotland, Andy, I know you're a big Rangers fan. You must be quite happy with how um, you could end up, if you could get the double-double then, if St Paul's were champions and Rangers were managing to steal the league up, put a smile on your face. Um, I wasn't too happy last night, but as a whole, you can't have any complaints about the season. Um, <laughs> I think if we take last night's cup game out of the equation, hopefully that's just a one-off the the thing that struck me has been the consistency, the way that they've played. It's it's really exciting to watch, but they, they're so solid defensively, and everything is built off that sort of foundation of knowing actually we're not going to concede today, and 
they go out and they, let's say the, the the rotations up front from the players are, are a joy to watch at times. But that comes from two and a half years of Gerard and Michael Beale working day in day out with them and making them understand what they want to do. It's been a long time coming, but it's starting to look good. So yeah. halfway there, they need to make sure as they get, similar to what I was talking about before. Though you you can win these games in September, October, November, but winning them in April and May is a totally different story. No, fair point. Sure. Fair point. Um, the future for you, Andy. Um, firstly, are you confident St Paul's can go on and win the league? Um, and for you as a manager, is it a case of staying at St Paul's as long as you can? Or do you want to go even higher in your managerial kind of steps to maybe managing one of the jersey size Jersey Bulls or even the JFA team one day? You keep asking this question, are you trying to bomb me out? <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. I think first and foremost, um, I think any team would want to be in the position we're in just now, um, halfway through the season. So in terms of confidence, I look at the players we've got, we've got the ability to go and win the league um, with the, the quality that's in that squad. It's now up to us as a, a coaching staff and a playing, a coaching team and the players to go and go and get that done. And it looks good on paper, putting it into practice is something completely different. So we're confident we've got the ability and the players to do it, but we need to actually go and, and deliver on that. For my coaching thing, I'm really happy with St Paul's and I enjoy it. Um, it's make, looking at either the Jersey job or the, the, the Bills job, it's probably not for me, if I'm honest. Um, not because of a lack of desire to want to do it. Football, as much as we all love it, it's a hobby. Um, my work commitments, the, my family commitments, it wouldn't be viable, I think, to do either either role. I mean, the, 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 the JFA role, you've got long periods where you're you're not involved in games, but then you've got to go away for a week to the Island Games or something like that. It's, and it's that would be, that'd be difficult. I wouldn't be able to fully commit. So from my point of view, it's club football, which I, I really enjoy anyway. I enjoy the day-to-day stuff. That's probably where I'd want to stay. For sure. Good news for Cass. Yeah, I've saved <laughs> for another couple of weeks. <laughs> Save for the next interview until somebody goes, yeah, I want him out and I want him in. <laughs> uh, not at all. Not at all. Thanks for coming on, Andy. Um, thanks for everyone to listening as well. Uh, hope everyone has a great Christmas. Hope you have a great Christmas, Cass. Um, and yeah, we'll see you after Christmas. Yeah, see you in 2021. Thanks, Dan, uh, for inviting me on and um, look forward to catching up soon, mate. Good job. Cheers, Andy. Cheers, boys. Thank you.